0: How are we doing today, Wolfpack fans? It is Pack Center, your one-stop shop for all Nevada sports. It is your host, Austin Paschke, joined by my co-host, like always, Tyler Seth. We are ready to get down to business. Let's not waste any more time. Let's do it. Let's go. Weaver State. It was, a, uh, it was an interesting game. It was a good game for us. Ultimately, you would like to see... Us kind of put it to him a little bit more but like we've been saying from day one this is a really good FCS team they are very well coached they will most likely make the FCS playoffs again we saw how well coached they were in that game we saw how good their defense was in that game even with a backup quarterback they kept it going they were it was a very very close game 19 to 13 was the final score Our defense came to play, and I think that was an understatement.
1: Yeah, I think you could say that's the understatement of the year so far. The defense balled out. They forced eight punts of Weber State. um, A couple of three-and-outs when we really needed them, especially after that fake punt in the second half, really needed that three-and-out after the fake punt. They got it, gave our offense a lot of chances with the football. The offense just a little stagnant, but, yeah, shout-out to the defense who really stepped up today.
0: Ultimately, it was a game filled with mistakes again. And it is it is what it is. We're a young team. We're going to keep seeing mistakes, but we need to start cleaning it up. Jay Norvell touched on that a little bit, just saying, you know, we have, we have way too many penalties. We are shooting ourselves in the foot way too much. He started the press conference today by thanking the fans that stayed. It was a little thin towards the end of the game, but, I mean, a good amount of people stayed.
1: I think it was a strong showing for sure. I mean, I couldn't see the home side of the bleachers, but right. – the four o'clock starts are kind of rough because you get the you get the sun really beaten down on the visitor side, um, and where our, like our student section and um, the general admission in the south end zone, sun really beats down, and it didn't stop until, I'd say, the beginning of the fourth quarter when you started to finally see some shadows and some of that casting of the fans. But yeah, shout out to all the fans that were there, especially on that visitor side, bear in the heat. We definitely appreciate you,
0: in spe- especially in these close games. We want our fans to be there towards the very end and to be cheering on our team. These close games the fans help out a lot. So it's it's big ups for the fans to come out and support our team. Another topic that was touched on the press conference today was Devonte Lee's status. Jay again said how quickly he's coming back, how ahead of schedule he was. They didn't think he was going to be coming back till like mid November, but now they're saying he will probably be coming back around conference play, which is really good. To see, we do have Hawaii after UTEP coming up, so maybe we'll see him in that Hawaii game. Who knows? Romeo Dubs was out last game due to a head injury. He is day-to-day. He didn't practice today, but they were thinking he's going to be practicing tomorrow. So hopefully Romeo Dubs can come back. We know how big of a uh, piece he is to our passing game. Again, we had way too many mistakes. And Jay, Jay did touch on Christian uh, Solano and Malik Henry, on when they're gonna be taking the field, which is kind of interesting.
1: We did see one of them touch field last game. Christian Solano came in on a kind of a wildcat looking play where Kellen Moore was the quarterback and I think just punched a draw to the right and got a couple yards. But Christian Solano was in on that play. I think he was slotted out to the left, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, so at least Christian touched field, not Malik like we were both hoping to see, but. It's a good sign that Jay is now talking about it and uh, definitely wants to get it incorporated into the offense as soon as possible.
0: Well, what he was saying was that they might be seeing the field sooner than later, but he doesn't want to make it a priority. He wants to let the young quarterback in Carson Strong work, so he doesn't want Carson to be looking over his shoulder, seeing if someone's going to be taking his spot anytime soon. So he does want the young quarterback to work, but he says that Christian and Malik should be seeing the field sometime this year which is kind of cool to see. But what's up with this? the union? The union's kind of slacking a little bit.
1: Yeah, I wasn't impressed. The first two drives, I was pleasantly surprised. They held the pocket really well for Carson the first two drives, and we were able to basically pass the ball at will. But almost everything in the run game was really stagnant, it, you know, besides obviously Jackson's 33-yard touchdown. I think Toa at the end of the game had a couple of nice 10-yard runs to kind of seal the game for us. Other than that, it was a bunch of three, four, two-yard gains. It wasn't a lot of push that we were getting from the Union um, like we're normally used to seeing. So that was kind of a cause for concern and uh, something that Pac fans definitely were kind of nervous about and taking uh, an eye towards during the game for sure.
0: Yeah, and Carson Strong was kind of getting beat up a little bit too. He took four sacks. He was rushed in the pocket a lot. It just seemed like he didn't have enough time back there to kind of feel comfortable the, like you said, the running game wasn't really strong until the very end when we had to have that long drive to kind of ice the game. That's when our running game kind of took over. Speaking of the running game, Toa Tawa had 16 carries for 85 yards. Jackson Kincaid, 11 carries for 75 yards. Like you said, that 30-yard-plus run, uh, he had one TD. That was huge, the only TD of the game. But on the passing side, like you said, like you predicted, Caleb Fossum was our leading receiver. Five receptions, 77 yards. I like
1: to see it. I mean, the leading reception or the yards leader, I think. Um, I think Elijah Cooks had six receptions in that game and went for like 60-something yards. But yeah, Caleb Fawcett, running a lot of inside routes, uh, routes going over the middle. You see him battling the linebackers, catching the ball in traffic and being tough with the football. Um, something we love to see from our like leading slot receiver. So yeah, really good game for Caleb Trying to get the ball to him was kind of a struggle with the two interceptions that Carson threw. One was kind of a – you could tell he was trying to throw the ball away on the first interception. He just didn't get enough air under it, and it was picked off. And the second interception was kind of the same thing, just didn't get enough air on under it. Had a man open, streaking downfield, but just couldn't loft the ball over the defender. So two kind of younger mistakes you see from Carson, but definitely 30 for 44, yard under 300 with 299. Mm-hmm. Um so for me, it was um, another strong showing for Carson with just a couple rookie mistakes. I was still happy with his performance.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was still a really good performance. He did have two INTs that you do not like to see. But overall, a strong performance, like you said, a yard under 300. Some other receivers that kind of made some waves, like you said, Elijah Cooks had six receptions, 65 yards. Ben Putman had a little bit of an uptick in his Usage because Romeo Dubs was out. He had four catches for 57 yards. And then Jackson Kincaid caught a couple balls out of the backfield, five receptions for 51 yards. Dominic Christian had three receptions for 33 yards. Overall, good showing by our receiving core. Like we said, Romeo Dubs was not in there to help out, but you know he hopefully he will be back come UTEP on Saturday. On the other side of the ball, Caden Jenks who. Was the backup for a little bit, but their starting quarterback was injured. I believe he had knee surgery. Caden Jenks went 6 for 21 for 57 yards, one touchdown, and one INT. Only threw for 57 yards. Our defense really held it down. They really, you know, made Caden Jenks work for those yards. He only completed 6 of 21. That's a really good showing by our secondary. Hopefully we can see a repeat of that because our secondary has been not the strongest part of our team lately so i think an overall good showing by our defense we held josh davis he was last year's fcs player of the year he had 25 yards on nine carries and kevin smith who was a very good running back in on his own he only had 26 yards on 13 carries our defense absolutely shut their running game down and this was a primarily run heavy team especially with a backup quarterback in there so especially them being down they had a you know, air the ball out a little bit more, but overall good defensive game. We had ten total tackles for loss. That's that's insane. Incredible. Yeah. Gabe had Gabe Sewell had 3.5. Don Peterson had two. And shout out to Pac Center fan and buddy Austin Ortega, the long snapper who got his first playing time of the season, also had a solo tackle on a punt. So our defense overall is Holding it down, do you think this can translate into next Saturday's game?
1: I definitely hope so. I mean, we're playing a worse team in UTEP. Preview of the UTEP game coming up, as you all know. Um, But, yeah, especially like you said, holding Josh Davids to only 25 uh, yards. And the thing about the nine touches for 25 yards, he had a long of 21. So, you know, there was one play where he got loose. The rest of those plays – if you take out that 21-yard uh, long, it's nine rushes for four yards. I think that's incredible by the pack defense. Yeah. Um, we knew coming into this game it was going to be a run-heavy team, especially with questions at quarterback, um, and our defense really stepped up. Like we said, our front seven needed to play well, and they played extremely well this game. Uh, definitely, if I could give a MVP to one side of the ball, it has to be defense without a question. Yeah, Really stepped up and played an insane game, especially Gabe. Coming out with the six total tackles, you have uh, Lawson Hall coming out with eight total tackles, so our linebacker's really stepping up there. And then EJ Muhammad kind of had a uh, nice but quiet game. You know, he had two pass breakups. I believe one of the pass breakups was to prevent a touchdown in the end zone, so that's obviously a touchdown saving play by him. Um, But yeah, defense really stepping up here, and that's something you like to see going forward.
0: Yeah, and EJ Muhammad, I think in the first game, wasn't even starting, so it's good to see him come back into his own. And be a very strong part of this secondary, but another strong part of this secondary, we might have the best corner in the or the best DB in the entire country, in the entire FBS. Definitely best in the Mountain West. He ranks number one in the entire country for ints. Daniel Brown has three. He is tied with three other players. He had a good game again against uh, Weber State. Hopefully, he can he can keep going against UTEP. But I think you know by far he might be our best db on the team.
1: Oh, I agree. Um even just looking if you look at that one interception as a you know, as a single play, he played okay coverage, not the best coverage. Uh the running back, I think it was a running back out of the backfield seemed to bobble the ball a little bit and he just went up and snatched it and came down with it. I mean, it was an incredible play by him, but so uh really good to see that and then just his eye for the ball right now has to be on hundred, He must be feeling great about his ball instincts and kind of deciding where the quarterback is going to go with the ball even before the quarterback knows where he's going to go with the ball. So love to see that. Hopefully he can keep this up. You know, a pick a game would be amazing, um, but probably not going to happen the rest of the season as long as he keeps playing well and leading kind of our DBs him and EJ. I think we're going to have a really solid group as they get more and more experience under their belt.
0: Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be something really interesting to look at. Daniel Brown's going to be a stud. And it's kind of interesting because before the season started, we talked heavily about our offense, all the you know, all the the high powerness we have, all these studs that we have on in our skill positions. But now it's kind of our defense is the one that's really stepping up. We had a lot of concerns going into the season with our secondary and just the turnover of, you know, Veteraness to youth that we have this year, defensive line linebackers, but it's they're kind of coming into their own, and I think our defense is going to be a really strong spot to go into the rest of the season.
1: It's kind of reminding me of last year a little bit, where we had a a really strong defense, and the offense was kind of taking their time to kind of get going, and then went on the run at the end of the season. But now it seems like the roles are flipped or it seemed flipped at the beginning of the season where we thought the offense would be the ones carrying the team, but now it seems like we're just back in last year with the defense is really stepping up. The offense needs a couple more weeks to start really clicking, especially with the new quarterback. And, um, you know, towards the end of the season, I'm really excited. Once we get down to that tough three-game stretch towards the end of the season, I feel like we're really going to be clicking on all cylinders.
0: Yeah, and, and our offense is getting better, let us say that. They aren't taking steps back. Against Purdue, we went 5-for-18 in third downs. And then against Oregon, again, a horrible game. 3-for-17 on third down. But this game was a bright spot. We went 11-for-20 on third down compared to the other two games. So it's something something to look up to, and hopefully we can keep that going. Jeff Castile on the defensive side of the ball has the dudes playing like champs. So I think our team is starting to look up. This was, like I said, but like we both said before the game, this was the game that we're going to kind of see how our team can do. And I think they kind of proved everyone. This is, this is a hard-nosed team that's going to fight to the very end. And Weber State is no slouch. So that, I think that was a very, very good win by Nevada on Saturday. And hopefully we can keep it going. Do you have any other thoughts about the game on Saturday?
1: Um, love how the defense played. Obviously, we've talked about it. Offense, they're going in the right direction. I feel like, though, as we fix one problem in the third down conversion area, we kind of create another in those false start penalties. We had a ton of false start penalties. And as Jay Norvell said in that uh, press conference, you know that's something they really have to work on this week to try to limit those penalties and try to get their offense clicking on all cylinders. So definitely, hopefully this isn't a reoccurring issue as we fix one problem, it creates another. Something to look out for, but overall, I think the offense is definitely taking steps forward.
0: And I think that's a kind of a small, I mean, you don't want to see penalties during the game. It's a big problem, but it's a small problem to have because we're such a young team that maybe as the season goes on, those small penalties, the delay of games, the, the offsides, the false starts, like all that kind of stuff will kind of just go away and we'll be able to play some really clean football. One note that I would like to touch on is our run offense is finally coming back into their own we finally fed Toa, thank God. We've been calling for it the past two weeks. He needs the ball in his hands, and finally he got it. And he passed the 1,000-yard mark for his career, as his young career, sophomore, third game new sophomore season, already passing 1,000 yards. So Toa Tawa is going to be a household name here in Nevada. He had 85 yards on 16 carries, so hopefully we can keep that going into next Saturday. Preview game against UTEP will be coming up on Thursday. We'll probably be releasing it on Friday. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a good one, like always. But jumping into some other sports, we got, like always, some men's golf. Everyone's favorite. Love it. Ooh. And uh, Harnd, Sam Harnd, was named the Wolfpack Student Athlete Player of the Week due to his win at the Badger Invitational but looking ahead, we have the Husky Invitational. Two-day, 54-hole event begins today on Monday and will conclude on Tuesday with the final 18 holes. This year's tournament will be hosted at the Gold Mountain Golf Club in Burnerton, Washington. The Wolfpack has experience at this golf course. It was the site of the 2018 Mountain West Championships where we placed third. It will be the site of the 2020 Mountain West Championship. So, I mean, this year's Mountain West Championship It's good that we're going to get some practice on the course to see how we fare. This field next week features 15 teams, including four Power Five programs, which is kind of crazy, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, and then obviously the host, Washington. And we have a chance to see some Mountain West competition against three other opponents, San Diego State. New Mexico, and Boise State. So I think this tournament's going to be a little bit more important than the Badger Invitational just because we can see how we match up against the Mountain West teams. But like we said, Sam Harnd had a great, great showing in his last tournament, so hopefully we'll be able to see him perform again. Four out of the five players that played in that first tournament are going to be playing again, plus two newbies as well. September 16th through the 17th. The field starts today, so we'll see how they do in that. Luckily, they aren't playing in Reno. It is overcast and raining cats and dogs, but maybe it's nice out there in Washington to see how Sam and the boys fare. Or how do you think Nevada golf is going to fare in this tournament and how they've been looking lately?
1: I mean, they're really kind of riding on a high here after you know having the individual winner in the Badger Invitational going into the Husky Invitational. Hopefully the Invitationals treat us well uh, this week as it did last week. But, yeah, I think, you know, the team is definitely riding high. There's definitely some scores that could be lowered by some of the um, other team members. But, you know, having four of the five that played in that first tournament, I think is going to be really big. You know, having kind of that first one under their belt for the year, I feel like a lot of them can kind of settle down and play their game and, you know, kind of have a nice tempo as they play their 18. 18- so, it's going to be very interesting to see how they do. I think they do pretty well. It's going to be tough to match what we did in the Badger Invitational just cuz Sam Arnold just absolutely went off and right. had the probably one of the best rounds of his life if you ask him.
0: Well, what's interesting though is because the Badger is it, the Badger Invitational was facing teams mostly on the East Coast. So, you have the Big 10 teams you have teams like Notre Dame that are really, really good, but then now in the Husky, it's more West Coast teams. You see those, pa- you see those Pac-12 programs, a bunch of Mountain West programs, so it'll be interesting to see the talent level, and maybe we would do even better than we did at the Badger Invitational.
1: That's a good point, yeah. Hopefully we can do better, and I think we have a chance to do better, definitely. Like we were seeing in the Badger, you know, a lot of those teams as a team, I think a couple of them shot double-digit under-par rounds as a team, so that's absolutely crazy scores. I don't think we'll see anything like that this upcoming week in the Husky Invitational, but definitely going to, like you said, going to be good to look at some other Mountain West competitions, see what we're facing as we, um, you know, kind of an early kind of preview, if you will, at other kind of Mountain West teams. So definitely, I think the Pac-Golf is going to have another great week. I think Sam is going to have another great week, and I think, you know, we're going to be riding on a high for a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, I agree. Before the Mountain West play starts, it's good to get in these tournaments. It's good to see who can do what. I think the Packers are going to take a top three finish. We did a top five against ba- in the Badger Invitational. I think we're going to get a top three finish in the Husky Invitational. I think men's golf is going to be secretly one of the best sports in Pack, uh, the, like pack sports this year. A lot of people don't follow them, but I think they're going to be very, very good both men's and women's uh, golf coming up on the year. Just to kind of switch tempos a little bit, we have some volleyball news from the Portland State Tournament. We swept the field, the Portland State Tournament, three games, three wins. It was a really, really good week for volleyball. Kayla Afoa was named Mountain West Defensive Player of the Week. Afoa had another double-double with 15 kills and 15 digs. Daylin Burns recorded 109 assists and seven service aces on the weekend while also helping up front with four block assists. She was easily one of the best players. She was a tournament MVP for the Portland State Tournament. Up next is Nevada has a home tournament featuring Gonzaga, Cal Baptist, and Southern Utah that will begin on September 20th. 10 a.m., that is at the Virginia Street Gym in Reno, so that's a local one for everyone to get out and see some pretty good talent. Gonzaga's a pretty good volleyball team, so we'll see how we fare. We started last year 7-4 and four before the conference starts. We're already 7-2. and two. We just need one more win to match the entire win total of 2018. We finished the season, I think it was like 8-21, yeah, I eight, believe. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that good. But we're just one win away from already matching that win total. We are 7-2 and two on the season. This volleyball team, I think, is going to be something special. They are mixing some good senior leadership with some young, good youth there. And um, I think we're going to be pretty good.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I have really high hopes. I mean, you know, it's kind of scary to throw out the staff. They started 7-4 and four last year and 7-2 and two this year just because it's – You know, you could see it fall apart at any moment, but I think this year has a little bit of a different vibe. I think playing extremely well, especially in the Portland State Tournament, you know, winning all three of those games has to do a load of confidence for this pack volleyball team. And then only to boost their confidence, they're coming back to Reno to play in front of their home fans. So that has to be an incredible feeling for them, and they have to have high morale and high hopes for the season in their locker room right now. Because if I know if I was on that team, I would have extremely high hopes and really want to kind of prove people wrong this year. I think a lot of people didn't think they'd be this good, and now that they are, I think they want to keep going and kind of silence the haters and, you know, say we're out here and we're going to compete and, you know, have a really good team while doing it. So, you know, big shout-out to volleyball. They're really playing well this year, and I only see good things ahead for them, honestly.
0: Yeah, and as they're playing, you know the idea of, you know, they started so hot last year, they're starting hot this year. It's kind of creeping in the back of their heads. Like, what if the same thing happens as last year? But I mean, they're playing, they're not only winning these games, they're like, they're dominating these games. Yeah. Going back from the San Francisco tournament, I mean, we beat Purdue, Fort Wayne 3 0. We beat University of San Francisco 3 1. Then at the Portland State tournament, Cal State, Northridge 3 1. And then we swept Portland State 3 0 and swept Morgan State 3 0. So it's not like they're just squeaking by with these wins. Like, they're dominating these tournaments. So it's interesting to see. How we're going to do the Nevada Invitational, like I said, starts September 20th on Friday with Southern Utah University. Later that day, on the same day, we're going to be playing Gonzaga. And then that following day on Saturday, September 21st, we will be playing Cal Baptist. It'll be a pretty good tournament to watch. Everyone get out there. We need our home fans behind them. We have yet to play a game at home. We are 7-2 and two away from home. Just think what we can do at home. And this is the last tournament before Mountain West play starts. The first game is Thursday, September 26th at Fresno State. So this is going to be a really, really important tournament just to see how we can do before Mountain West play starts. And then last but definitely not least is Nevada soccer. We previewed their game against Utah at TMCC. They have fortunately lost to Utah 2-0. They moved to 1-5 on the year. So definitely not the start they wanted or hoped for, but kind of the start that we all envisioned, to say the least. I mean, it's it's not the best team that we have here, but you know what? They're they're making strides to improve, and that is the important part. We have a very strong defense, like we've been saying. They let up two goals, but Stovall still ranks second in the conference in saves at 33 and fourth in the conference with, with the save percentage at .825. This defense, it has a lot of promise. We just can't score. We just can't score at all. We've scored two goals in our six games. Not the best at all. You would want to see that goal total go up. There is a chance to redeem ourselves, though. We take on UC Davis, Saturday, September 21st, at home, 6 p.m., last game before conference starts. So that is something to take a look at. Do you think the soccer team can improve, or do you think this is kind of the uh, the pace that we're setting for the rest of the year?
1: I think if there is going to be improvement, it needs to happen now and it needs to happen fast. I don't know what they're doing in practice, but if it isn't two hours of shooting shooting and offensive drills, uh-huh. I don't know what you're doing. Um, honestly, pack soccer um, the last couple of years has been a down sport for UNR athletics. Everyone has kind of seen this um but like we keep saying the fact that they keep losing these games by you know just a couple goals is really reassuring Mm -hmm. it's just they need to I don't know if it's they need a forward change or they need to change formations or they need to do something to get their offense going but I don't know what it could be um but I just know it needs to happen and it needs to happen fast. I think the coaches really need to sit down with themselves and kind of, you know, maybe plot some books, research, get on the internet, um, do something to, you know, have a more attacking presence in games. Um, but right now, it's not looking good for Pac Soccer. I don't think there's going to be a lot of improvement. I think we see um, some improvement as the season goes on later and later. I think a lot of these freshmen may start to get some of their legs under them, but. I think it's just too hard right now. And um, maybe we just take a kind of a reset year and really prepare for next year. But yes, that offense needs to come into play. Like you said, two goals in the first six games is just unacceptable yeah. for the forwards on that team. But, you know, prove me wrong, Pac Soccer. I want to see it happen more than anyone. Yeah. I'm sure everyone really wants to see it happen. They just got to make changes quick.
0: Yeah, we all want to see them succeed, but our jobs as analysts is to analyze. So we have to break down what we are given. We have, like you said, we haven't been losing by a lot. We've let in the at most two goals a game, which is decent for soccer. I mean, you you could see those scores starting to get out of hand pretty quickly. But we have only scored twice in six games. Some more like not so good news. Uh, After UC Davis, we take on Boise State to start the Mountain West play. Boise is by far probably the strongest soccer um, program in the Mountain West. They're 6-1 right now. The only loss is to Utah, the same team we lost to, but they lost to them 1-0 in double overtime, so it was a bit, a bit of a closer game than what we envisioned against our team. So it will be interesting to see how we do in the second half of the season. First half wasn't too good, but you know what? There's time to improve. Tyler, do you have any last thoughts in this recap episode?
1: Not a ton. Um, I think overall for fall sports, uh, UNR is really showing out, and the pack is really showing their numbers. Um, we just need to keep getting out there as fans, keep supporting. I know volleyball, it'd be huge to you know, have that Virginia Street gym just packed when they come in to play for their tournament um, on September 20th. So that'd be an awesome thing to see. The golfers, we're sending you the best wishes up there in the Northwest. And then as... Pack football keeps rolling. You know, we'll have that preview of UTEP coming out later this week, but definitely they got to keep rolling too. So it's looking up and up for Pack sports uh, right at the moment, honestly.
0: Yeah, Pack sports, They we are doing really good to start off this season. Fall sports is on the up and up. That is credited to Doug Newth for just putting this all together. Unfortunately, his name has been thrown around to kind of get a, a replacement for USC's Athletic director. He obviously nothing's official, but there has been around eight names been thrown around, and he is one of them. So that is something that we don't want to see happen as Pack fans is Doug Newth leaving. But there's nothing's official, so that's good. So
1: Got to keep praying.
0: Right? Yeah, praying that the pray, goat sticks around. Pray to the Pack gods that yeah. Doug Newth stays with us for a little while longer. Definitely, definitely. And our first annual Player of the Week poll is. Still up, but we are going to announce the winner now. We were a little late on announcing the poll last night. So apologies there. It won't happen again. But we will announce a winner. 60% of the votes did go to, Drummore, please, Sam Harnd, men's golf, after winning his first collegiate win of the year, taking home the entire field at the Badger Invitational. So shout out to Sam Harnd, who is Pack center's first ever player of the week do you is he your player of the week or do you have a little do you have a different player of the week
1: you know you know i love golf and you know i love me some sam horn um but i think i'm gonna switch it up a little bit i'm gonna go to someone who we saw kind of have a breakout game this week who i may or may not have predicted i'm gonna give it to caleb fawson i really think that you know this game, he played outstanding. Yeah, he did. He was there for the team when they needed him. Um, he always seemed to kind of be open even when the ball wasn't thrown to him. He seemed to be open. Um, so I'm going to give it to Caleb. I think he played really well, and I think that's going to kind of catapult this year for him. But, you know, my close second is obviously Sam Horn. Um, You know, winning in the way he won is absolutely amazing. So obviously – Love to see it from Pack Sports. Again, our apologies. We did post a tweet at I think eleven on uh Sunday. Sunday night. So a lot of people are probably already asleep, but we are going to fix the issue. Uh so definitely stay tuned every Sunday for that poll. But I think do you have a uh, your player of the week, AJ?
0: Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go with Sam Harn. I think he that win was very impressive, and I think he's gonna be our steady leader for men's golf. So it's something to look forward to. I think he's going to lead this team to a really, really special year, and I think we're going to do really good in the Mountain West. So Sam Harnd is not only Pac Center's Player of the Week, he is my Player of the Week as well. So stay tuned for the Friday episode. We'll be recording that on Thursday. We'll be recording a preview for the UTEP game and kind of recapping other sports as they happen as well. We'll recap golf because they are playing right now. So thank you guys for listening, and go Pac.